Hello, welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, your source for everything you need to know about the technologies, trends, and concepts that are steering our industry today. We hope that you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please subscribe. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever it might be for you. It is another lovely day in Denver, Colorado. This is Deva Potter, your host of Bandwidth North America. Today we're going to be talking about cloud security and the next generation. I've got a couple of my fantastic callers with me. I've got Matthew and Nicole with me. Guys, why introduce yourself? Okay. Nicole, you're, you're first. Uh, my name is Nicole. I'm an account manager over here at Arrow. I represent Carbon Black. And then I'm Matt Rohan. I'm an account manager as well, but I speak to a full line card that we have here, Arrow Electronics. Awesome. So in some of our previous podcasts, we've talked around both cloud security and next generation. So I think today we've gonna, we're have going to hit pretty much every buzzword in our category in one topic. So, you know, check your boxes. We just hit all that. So, you know, and Dave and I've had this conversation that if you're not next gen, you don't count, right? Whether you're next generation or not, and I'm using my patented air quotes here, it's, you know, you've got to be next gen. So, you know, Carbon Black is next gen endpoint. Palo Alto Networks is next gen firewall. You know, Informatica was, you know, next gen data analytics. So when it relates to cloud security and next generation, I mean, I've got some thoughts and I don't want to be on my soapbox this whole time. I do want y'all's thoughts on this. So, you know, Matthew, from your aspect, when somebody says, you know, what's, new in cloud security? Why do I care about cloud security or what's interesting about cloud security? What are you hearing from the field? What are you seeing? And, and what kind of trips your trigger when you're thinking about it? Um, so whatever I think about it is I think everybody always kind of goes automatically to kind of all the big data breaches that have already happened. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the first thing that everybody's trying to do is make sure that they're not the next one on the list. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big thing. And then also deep security starting to become really a hot topic too. Deep security. Explain that a little bit for us. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, talking about how you secure things behind your hypervisors. Mm -hmm. um, so there's been a lot of that communication. I think one of our uh, suppliers, Trim Micro, has really been pushing that very hard for us. Yep. Nicole, I mean, you're more aligned towards the carbon black. I think, you know, they've obviously made a big splash. They were, you know, one of the early adopters of the whole, you know, next generation endpoint. You know, what are you seeing from that aspect? The biggest thing right now that we're talking about with Carbon Black is streaming analytics, and that is their key buzzword for their predictive security cloud. And what that basically means is your computer is watching and learning everything that you're doing, and as soon as it sees something that is kind of out of the ordinary, it's watching intensely. So like anomaly detection. Yes. For instance, if you're, you go into Outlook and then all of a sudden PowerShell comes up and then something else happens, Carbon Black is paying attention, pausing it, seeing if anything malicious is happening. Okay. And are you seeing technologies that do that from what your experience has been as well, Matthew? Um, yeah, I think the biggest one that we've seen is clearly Carbon Black. Um, I haven't heard of really too many other ones doing that. I think there's also Siren that has something similar for email alone. But yeah, definitely seeing more technologies that are doing that. Gotcha. I think one of the things that when I'm out and about with partners and when I talk to them is that there's a serious lack of knowledge on a, how some of this stuff works. Mm -hmm. How do I deploy it? Mm -hmm. Why do I need it? <clears throat> mm -hmm. <laughs> Where do I get this from? And why is it important? 
how are you guys addressing those concerns and, and what kind of conversations are you having with, with those folks around? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the partners that I talk with have legacy AV and they don't understand the difference between legacy AV and next gen AV. And I try to explain to them that legacy AV is only protecting you against known threats. Whereas next gen AV is watching everything you do and they're making sure that you're secure. And I think just kind of dumbing it down for people, if you're not talking to an engineer, if you're talking to another salesperson like me, talk to them in plain English. There's so many acronyms and so many buzzwords that people use, and I think that confuses and intimidates people. Mm -hmm. So I like to dumb it down. That's what I, I did throughout med school. It's like you have to translate this fancy lingo into everyday language, and I think that that's what makes partners comfortable. Carbon Black does a phenomenal job at that. Even their engineers are using everyday language and dumbing it down. I hate to say it that way, but it's no, true. No, I think it's I think it's it's a, a really relevant topic. So, and are you seeing similar things, Matt? Yeah, I'm definitely seeing similar things. I think the biggest thing is I always try to you know tell my partners: imagine if you could predict threats before they actually happen. Imagine mm -hmm. if you could stop it from ever even becoming an issue for your end user, and that goes so far from them because then they're not you know being called with hey you know what this happened or this happened. It's like yeah, we already saw that this was going to happen and we prevented the next big threat. So you know, Nicole, you alluded to it a little bit now dive in a little more the ability to do that sort of anomaly detection that predictive analytics mm -hmm. that behavior analytics has to come from somewhere as mm -hmm. you mentioned your legacy av it was a known threat thing and for those of you that are old like i am and have been in this game long enough you remember the old days of endpoints like mcafee semantic etc etc whoever was out there they had a, a database on your machine of known viruses, known MD5 hashes, known signatures. And so, hey, I see Zeus on a block. I see Melissa virus, which I think the Melissa virus is older than you are, Nicole, which <laughs> really, really makes me feel bad. <laughs> but what it is is you know, we knew those things were you know a, a hit against that. Mm -hmm. Well, over time, that local database became so unwieldy that the cure was worse than the disease, right? The the antivirus engine got so damn heavy that it slowed the machine down. So I think what we've seen is this shift to cloud-delivered security, right? Exactly. Yep. So so that's our other buzzword. So when they talk about cloud-delivered security, you know, what do you guys, what does that mean from your perspective, right? I mean, obviously, I've, I've got some thoughts on this, and this is a, a great shout-out to my, my buddy David, the analytics engine that powers some of this stuff. But from your customers that you're working with and the suppliers that we work with, Carbon, Microsoft is playing in this game mm -hmm. really hard mm -hmm. right now. You know, Palo Alto Networks, uh, ForceScout, ForcePoint, everybody's got their quote unquote cloud intelligence. What are you guys seeing and how are they doing that? Explain that a little bit to, to the folks on the phone. You just don't have to have a server room. It's pretty nice. Somebody else is paying for that space and you pay a little bit of a premium for the product, but you don't have to have a server room and you don't need people coming in and updating your server room or walking into that. I think it's just easier. It's it, look at iTunes. I mean, that's how all of this kind of got started with cloud and people understanding that it's this intangible thing. But hey, it's it's here, and you put your data on it. Yeah. So the threat the threat intelligence then lives outside my network. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that like a lot of the, uh, my partners like is that it's kind of outside of their network, but allows them to constantly be able to offer it as a service too. Mm -hmm. That's huge to them because rather than them having, you know, just like you were saying, having to look at, you know, millions of files and trying to have, mm -hmm. back it up against that, it's all just sitting up, you know, in the cloud and allowing them to constantly access it and constantly having it updated and just always being live and always being available. Yeah. So we talk about cloud security primarily. You know, in the cloud's the buzzword, right? We talk about hybrid cloud, private cloud, public cloud, and, and all those different pieces. And we've spoken about some of those things in, in previous weeks here on Bandwidth. 
when we talk cloud security, are we really talking about I'm getting my security from the cloud? Am I securing my workloads in the cloud? Is it more of a subscription thing? Or you know, what are you guys thinking about? Is it clouds or is it all of those things? It's all of them. Yeah, I was just going to say, it depends on what kind of question you're asking and in what context. It's all of it. So you have been around long enough because it depends is my favorite answer <laughs> for everything. Yeah. <laughs> so is securing a cloud workload any different than securing a private workload yes. from your guys' viewpoint? Okay. Back that assertion up. Well, I'd just say that. She jumps on me right away. Carbon Black <laughs> has on-premise solutions for those cloud-averse businesses like government that can't have that information in the cloud because the cloud is obviously a little bit easier to hack than something that's on-prem. So we do still have on-premise solutions, and it's a little bit heavier, but Carbon Black is still very lightweight. And so to me, there is a difference, yes. So she just broke every cloud provider's heart on the phone. I'm sorry. So clouds are easier I'm sorry. to hack It's true. We'll see. <laughs> that, that's a discussion for a, another podcast. So we're going we're gonna to have that. So okay. take notes. There will be a follow-up on this, Aerobama listeners. I won't be there, though. <laughs> cloud easier to hack than on-prem. I just I, lost my privileges. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think you, you've given us an idea for another podcast. Love it. And I think that's a major concern for a lot of the partners yeah. out there. It's a huge thing that everybody's always worried about. And I think that's always been kind of the uh, stigma that's been around the cloud, especially for those that were afraid to be early adopters of the cloud, was the constant idea that it's not secure, that it's on somebody else's, um, you know, servers and stuff like that, which kind of always kind of posed the idea or the threat possibly that somebody else could take that information. So it's probably a, a philosophical question almost or a political question internally for companies. <clears throat> I don't know that... I think maybe that we're past that point of no return on that, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at this mm -hmm. current generation, the next generation of, of cloud security, whether, I mean, you know, Palo Alto's Traps, their new version, or, or Cortex XDR, whatever the name, they change it frequently, is all cloud-managed, cloud-delivered. Carbon Black, cloud-managed, cloud-delivered. Most of it, Most yeah. Most of it, yeah. Um, Forcepoint. CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike, Silence, yeah. Cyber Reason, Trend Micro, yep. Malwarebytes, you know, Checkpoint, Cisco, all the folks are in there. Even if you are deployed on-prem, it's still basically a cached copy of things that are delivered from the cloud, and it's more—it's much more of a cloud-first strategy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is has that been a, a tougher sell to your VARs and their end users? No, because I think people are aware that this is the future. I used to have a professor that would say, "Evolve or die," and I think companies are heeding that advice because if you're not the newest and hottest thing on the block, you're going to get forgotten about very quickly. So everyone is—it's keeping up with the Joneses, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I think that's kind of uh, kind of been the way that I approach a lot of my partners is that I represent the full line card, but there are certain lines I'm going to push for harder at you to keep you more relevant and keep you, you know, on the front edge. Mm -hmm. So in that, you know, we've kind of focused on the endpoint side of the house a little bit in security. Mm -hmm. I want to step up a little bit. When our customers are coming to you, you know, and over the last few years here at Arrow, that it's been from their viewpoint asking me is like, you know, hey, David, I'd love to start a security practice. You know, how do I do that? When they're talking about security in general, cloud security, or when our resellers are coming to us, are they focusing still more on what we would like? I don't. I I hate the word, but the block and tackling of firewall, endpoint, sim, or, or is it more still opportunistic? Or are, are you seeing? Are they taking they being our of our community and the end users and ourselves at some point? Are we as a as a community then as an industry? Are we taking security as a holistic viewpoint? Or are we still just taking it 
in pieces because I have to. It's time to upgrade my my, my renewals up. Mm-hmm. What are you guys seeing? I'm, I'm gonna let Matt handle that because I only do carbon black, so people know what they're getting when they come to me. So I, it's 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 easier. All good. I think it's a mix, right? Like I think there's definitely some old uh, VARs that still kind of view it in that old way of you know we gotta do our firewall first and then we go to our endpoints. Um, but now we're starting to see you know more and more partners that are kind of more security based and then kind of do everything off of security. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of partners are always great to work with because they tend to be a little bit more cutting edge and they seem to really you know um, build everything with threats in mind rather than kind of build and then think about the threats afterwards. Gotcha. So taking off your you know, supplier-centric hat, you know, from a more agnostic viewpoint, if you were going to start a reseller today, you know, I'd say, hey, I, I'm, I want to start a security reseller because I want to, because apparently I've lost all my marbles and I'm going to start a <laughs> reseller. Where would you start? I'm not talking from. I, I'm not talking. Don't pick suppliers because that's too easy and that's way more in the weeds than I, or more tactical than I would be. From what you know about the industry, from the problems that our, our customers have brought to you, how would you approach that conversation? If you're going to start a reseller, what kind of reseller? Incident responder, managed security service provider. What, what kind? She's a good straight person, right? I mean, so, so any of those things. So I mean, where do you see the need, right? I, mean, I would want to be an incident responder. I thrive on that kind of stuff. Like when I hear somebody has been breached, for me, it's all hands on deck. I'm pinging orders. I'm letting Carbon Black know. I'm like, guys, this is everyone is involved, and I've my record is 90 minutes. It's the longest it's taken me to close APO when someone's been breached. So I love that IR field. I think it's exciting, and I think the line that I represent, we're not mentioning any names, is a great tool for that. And I would definitely utilize that. Okay. How about you? Um, I think it would be kind of a MSSP. You know, I think the biggest thing is whenever you can take security kind of off of your end user's hands and be the one that helps control it and doesn't ever let those threats get to them, that creates such a great value to them that it just kind of speaks to itself. And also that way you can control everything else that goes on through that end user, right? Because if you're controlling kind of every kind of touch, every potential threat, every kind of movement, then you can also control other pieces of the business and other purchases coming forward. You also have to pay more in uh, salary because you're going to have someone 24-7 monitoring that. Oh, yeah. So you, you both bring up actually really good sides of an argument on that case, right? So to your point, Nicole, it's, it's easier, and that's an easy, but it's easier to go buy the product to do something with, right? Um, if anybody knows me more than five minutes, y'all know I'm a car guy, right? It's super <laughs> no. easy. Yeah, it's super easy to go to the Chevy dealership and buy the new Corvette ZR1, right? But if you're not familiar with it, go look it up. 750 horsepower, 750 <laughs> torque. Most of your mere mortal cars have 200 horsepower. Okay, that's really neat to have it. Cool, you bought it. That was the easy part. Now go drive it. Mm-hmm. And that's the the whole thing, like with incident response, breach remediation, malware detection. It's very, very difficult. It's a very niche skill set. And to your point, Nicole, those folks are not inexpensive, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, Matt, where you're coming in, and I'm seeing the same things. So that's why it's a, a good straight point here is I would actually totally go in the MSSP space, right? The security market is wildly under, underserved from a resources standpoint, right? We have a huge skills gap in security, right? Oh, yeah. We don't have the people that can do incident response. We have a proper architecture of the people that do it. So I think if we can facilitate that with you know products from our vendor communities, with threat intelligence from some of our other big suppliers, and help them build a holistic line card around technologies, I think the MSSP model is a, a good way for folks to go. So if you're out there and you're listening, say, hey, I want to get into this space, you know, partner with us on some of the MSSPs. You know, call us about, hey, what do I do here? You don't have to know all this stuff. I mean, hell, that's what we're for. Everyone we're starts somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're a force multiplier. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Now. 
they kind of pivot a little bit and, and I, I jump around on stuff. So when you think about cloud security, when we look at things, more and more workloads are in the cloud, right? So we've mm-hmm. got, you're running, you know, whatever your virtual desktops are, Citrix, VMware, Docker, Kubernetes, whatever you want to do, you know, all these different workloads out there. Are you having those conversations with folks about how they're securing pure cloud workloads? Not necessarily, because I think most people think about, you know, next generation or cloud security as either a firewall in Azure or AWS or whatever it might be, or I need to put carbon black silence, traps, et cetera, et cetera, on my virtual desktop at the work in the cloud. But I think what we're really need to think about is more of this stuff is becoming abstracted, right? And not to get super technical on the weeds, but you got things like Kubernetes, Docker, um, or C. You lost me. I'm sales. It's all good. I just went cross-eyed for those of you guys who can't see me. <laughs> but when you think about that, I mean, are are your resellers talking about containerization? I think some of yours are mad. Yep. You know, on the hypervisor side, of the house, you you alluded to some of that, and are they ready for that? And are we ready for that that conversation around securing NFV, securing functions, and securing containers? So I think we're not fully ready for that, com- or they're not fully ready for that conversation. I think a lot of them think that a lot of that security is already built in. So I think that's one of the things that we have to kind of help them discover is that security is not always built into everything. So whenever they start looking at that kind of stuff, they really need to be thinking security first rather than just trying to go through it. Awesome. So we're approaching the bottom of the hour here, which is awesome. These times fly when we're having a yeah. good time. I so like where I like to wrap up on bandwidth with some, some takeaways, right? Because mm-hmm. we kind of talk all over the place. So so I'll start with you, Nicole. Oh, great. Three things <laughs> that you want your resellers to know. Go. Don't, don't be reactive. Be proactive. That is the biggest one. I think too many people wait until it's too late because they don't want to make that investment. And then it is too late. And you don't know what's been compromised. You don't know what you just let out from the cloud or on-prem, as we mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. Um the other two things is don't be afraid to ask questions and do demos. Test this in your environment. See how it's going to work. See how it's going to play with everything that you already have. See how lightweight it is. Is it going to slow you down? Is it barely detectable? Awesome. Matt, three things. Um, so I think probably the first thing is try to be security first. Um, I think that's huge for every single partner. So always try to think about security first. And then, you know, always try to be like kind of, you know, one of the leaders and thrive and kind of show your partner or show your end users and allow us to show you guys kind of, you know, where things can tie in to different solutions. And then probably the last one is really kind of just rely on us to kind of show off the full demo and services and everything else. Don't just rely on yourself to do it all. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would echo a lot of those things, and I like that is the be proactive. I think is hugely mm-hmm. important. Yeah, right? absolutely. I, I don't know. Experian, that. are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm not sure that um, a lot of our the the businesses that we work with. Not I'm not talking about our reseller community. I'm talking mm-hmm. like Experian, Target. Obviously, is the one that everybody likes to pay. Oh, yeah. Um, but these end users, I'm not sure that you know, and it's it's. Because we have facilitated this as an industry. Go faster, go faster, go faster. Mm-hmm. You know, don't impact the speed of business. You know, It's all about that. Um, speed is life, as they say in the Air Force. Um, <laughs> but the the reality is is that a plan needs to be put in place. right? So yeah. I think to your point, do you have a security strategy in your organization? 
when you talk about cloud security, what does that mean? Have you done an assessment on where are your workloads? How are you protecting them? Do you know what you're protecting? Do you know what is out there from a new technology And if standpoint? you don't, call Arrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, how do you integrate these pieces, right? Because mm-hmm. not all of it stands That's alone. Huge. So there's the integration pieces of it. Um, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago here on Bandwidth, about how do I integrate these pieces? I've got a firewall. I've got an endpoint. I've got routers. I've got switches. I've got hypervisors. I've got containers that are all splattering me with all this information. What do I care about? What do I think is relevant? So maybe that's my final question on that. That's a teaser. (laughs) Are we doing a good enough job in security to educate our end users in the industry? You could always do better in my eyes. That's such a cop-out answer. It is not a (laughs) cop-out. You could always do better. Always. Are we doing a good job today? I definitely try. Every call, I try to make sure that everyone has all of their questions answered. And if I don't know the answer, I will find it out for them and get that back to them. Yeah, I think we're doing a better job just because of the past of all the kind of, you know, things that have happened. You know, everybody's kind of seen the major breaks that have happened, you know, with Target, for example. And so I think that alone is forcing us all to have that conversation. Yeah. Just because everybody's scared to be the, you know, I don't want necessarily the next victim, but the last person that didn't look at everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what I, I see is that the cloud, you know, is obviously here to stay. It's not necessarily this whole like magic, amazing, are we kind of doing this cloud thing? You know, it's definitely where I think new platforms have been de- delivered. It's where all the research is being done. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, I think it, that's where it carries around with. So yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. Which, by the way, if you don't know how the cloud works and wh- how they actually host their server rooms and the backups, Ask David about it. It's fascinating. <laughs> I made him teach a security 101 class, and I was mesmerized. Like, it's it's pretty interesting. I think we burned up, like, three whiteboards. <laughs> <laughs> Two markers. Yeah, exactly. It was a My good phone time. died. <laughs> I was trying to record the whole thing. It was a good time. Well, guys, this is the first time you had on bandwidth. Thank you so much. I thank hope you. Thank you. Yeah. Come do it again. So this yep. is a good intro. Those of you out there listening to us, again, thank you so much. Go to iTunes and uh, subscribe to our podcast. Give us feedback on this on Twitter. You know, you guys know how to get a hold of me directly. Complaints, comments are always welcome. And with that, we will say goodbye for now. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. To contact us on Twitter, use hashtag AeroBandwidth. And we'll see you next week.